So I was just doing this beautiful ceremony with Jazz, I want to get her name right, Jazz Moon, okay, um, the Moon Mother on Instagram, I think is her handle, not sure, or their handle, not sure again, but anyway, we were, I was um, doing this unearth practice that I received in my email because I'm subscribed to their, her newsletter, and it was it was so beautiful and through it we were looking at pictures of our childhood self and I was looking at this God Jesus I just like so wise that little girl so wise and I've always you know gotten the old soul stuff from my family um just like walking on the bus you know, people would be like, oh my God, her eyes are looking into my soul. My teachers, when I was a child, would be like, it's like having a little adult in my classroom, the way that she looks at me. And there's always been a thing about my my gaze. Um, and I was, I was, was look, as I was looking at these pictures of myself, like I was thinking about how, um, you know how they say that anything that we see in someone else is something that we ourselves have. And so there's another way to phrase it that um, we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. And also a lot of people, um, well, a lot of people that I (laughs) talk to, you know, when I'm like, oh, you know, you're so this or you're so that, it's so amazing. They're always like, you are. Like, you see that in me because you have that in you. And I recently understood this because someone sent me a message about my podcast and they were like, oh my God, you know, like you're um, doing this wonderful thing and this wonderful thing. And I was like, that's you. Like you're the one who's getting that out of this because I'm sure like anyone else could listen to it and be like, oh, this is boring or it's BS or whatever. But this person was moved and I would say not transformed, but in that moment, definitely, definitely moved by, by what she was hearing or they were hearing pronouns. Um, and I'm I'm just not sure about people's pronouns. (laughs) And so, you know, but that was them. Like they had the capacity to take it. It's like anyone can read Plato. It's like in high school, you know, anyone can be assigned a certain reading, but what they're going to take out of it is what they are. Like, a lot of people are going to read the most beautiful poem on the planet, and they're just going to be like, oh my god, that was so boring, I need to get back to my life of whatever else, you know? But then there are some people who are going to read the most beautiful poem on the planet, or who are going to listen to Chopin or to opera, and they're going to cry their eyes out, and they're going to be there, and they're going to be moved and transformed and really taken, because they themselves are that, Like, you can't receive what you are not, which is a whole thing with, like, abundance and how people, like, live in lack and then they want abundance. And it's like, you can't receive what you're not. But anyway, um, yeah, so I was, like, thinking about that little girl, like, looking at those childhood pictures of myself. And this one time, uh, I, like, told this guy that I was like, oh, like, you're, because I would listen, um, 
to this person and I'd be like, you're like a planet, like you have gravity about you. And then I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I do. <laughs> like he, he, like then I got to know him better and I was like, there, there's, you know, there's not as much here as I thought there was. Um, which sounds like an insult and it's, it's a fair thing. If you knew the situation, it's a fair insult. But anyway, I was like, I'm the planet. (laughs) Like I was looking at that child, like that four-year-old child and like the picture of myself. And I was like, this child is a planet. This child has such gravity about that. I mean, planet, because, you know, planets have moons and planets have such mass and such gravity that they attract other, you know, smaller objects in um, the, in space, in the cosmos. And so I'm just like, yeah, like I have a certain gravity about me. I really do. Um, that like little girl really does. And like people, since I was small, were just like, whoa, because there is there is there, you know, like they talk about and this is not in a hierarchical way, but they talk about like Chopin and his music and how he who was it? I don't even remember. Was it Mankel? Or was it Salinger? I'm not, a, I'm not sure. But someone was writing about Chopin and they were saying how he has a big soul. Like there are people who have really big souls, you know? Um, and I think that's just a felt thing. And I think that not everyone can feel that thing. Again, we don't see the world as it is, but as we are. Um, and so anyway... Yeah, I was looking at that little girl. And so then we were doing this exercise where we were asking this um, self, this younger self, uh, certain questions. And one thing that we asked was we were like asking about purpose. And so the answers that I was getting were just so gorgeous. Like I would have to turn on a light to be able to read what I wrote. On Oh, no, I don't. Okay, so, oh my God, so much. But, okay, so it was like, what am I, what is your purpose, right? Blah, 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 I wrote a whole bunch of things. But then at the end of it, um, the few things that I wrote at the end, oh, that's right, because I was thinking about how, I wasn't thinking, but I was being shown that like, it's, I chose to be here because it's fun. (laughs) Like I wouldn't be here if I, if I wasn't going to have a good time. Cause like, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not about that. I don't know if other people, I don't know about, I don't know anything about anybody else, but I know that like, I wanted to be here because I knew that I was going to have a good time. Again, that does not mean that it's going to be easy. Like that's the whole point of it though. When you are not in a human body, and you are not in the human experience, and you are just consciousness, you don't get to experience all of this contrast. Like, that's the point of the third dimension. It's density. It's duality. That's why people wrote the Tao Te Ching. You know, the Tao, like, it's all about paradox. It's all about, like, contrast you know like we again like you can't know the dark without knowing the light and vice versa like you can't know true joy unless you know like suffering and that's like a hundred percent fun to me you know like that experience like I wrote on my Instagram a few posts few posts ago many many posts ago about how I experienced heartbreak and oh my god that was so painful it was so painful. Like I literally would wake up every morning 
in pain. Like, I, I thought people, like, talked about heartbreak. They were just like, oh, heartbreak. But no, like, oh, I, I mean the word heartache. Like, people would talk about heartache. And I was like, oh, there you go. Like, humans using words. But no, it was literal. Like, my heart would ache. Like, it, it was physical. I would wake up and I'd be like, ow, my heart is aching. Like, it was really, really a lot. And it was painful. And like, even as I was going through it and like going through it and like crying and just like feeling so heavy, I was like, I'm alive. Like, I get to feel this. Like, that's incredible. And like, now that I've like gotten past it, I'm like, holy shit, that's such a beautiful, that was fun. Like, okay, people talk about like level two fun and level three fun. I'm not sure what that is, but maybe this is what they're talking about. Because in the moment it was painful, but at the same time it was like, holy shit. Like it was awe inspiring. Like truly I was in awe of the pain that I could feel. I did not know that that's what heartache was. And if I wasn't like in a human body and having gone through this human experience, I wouldn't have gotten to know that. And I'm so glad that I did because it's like reading a book where you go through it with the people in the book and you're like, oh my God, no, this person died. And like, it's painful, but you're like, holy shit, I'm so glad I read that book. That was such a good book. It moved me. It changed me. And that was the same thing with that experience. And so that's what I was getting from my picture of myself as a child where she was like yeah you wanted to do this because it would be fun because it would be enjoyable to be and okay yeah so um and so then I was thinking okay so okay so I got the message that I did it because it's fun and then I was like oh my, my mind came in and then my mind was like oh so it's fine if I just like sit around and watch tv all day because it's fun and then immediately like the childhood self or higher self or other self or whatever you want to call it I don't I don't know humans and words but like the other um the the picture that I was looking at, like I got this message from that, um, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Being, frequency, whatever. The self there that I was connecting to was like, okay, chill out. Yeah, it's fun, but it's sacred. Like it's fun and it's light, but it's sacred, you know? And like, that's the thing because yes, it's fun. Yes, it's light, but that doesn't mean that I should like sit around and eat processed foods and watch TV all day because, or like play video games all day or like disengage from the human experience because it's sacred. At the end of the day, like I wanted to go through heartbreak. I didn't want to just come be human and then read books about it. You know, I didn't want to come be human and watch TV shows about it. I wanted to live it. Like I wanted because it is so sacred and like every single it's incredible how like every single moment goes by and then it's gone and then I'm so sober right now by the way I'm 100% sober just in my life um because I I know how this sounds like I this sounds like I'm high and this was always a thing that I got in college where people were like are you high whenever I was sober and then when I was high people thought that I wasn't but anyway it's incredible how like every moment just goes by like it's here and we're living it and then it's gone like that is it's sacred every moment and 
So that was just like myself reminding myself that like, yes, it's light and yes, it's fun. And yes, you get to enjoy it and to like go through the worst experiences and then to revel in them because you were human during them. And that's incredible because you got to go through them. And that's incredible. Like the soul is always untouched. Like the soul, no matter what we go through in the human experience, the soul is just like watching it. It is, it is the observer. It is zero point consciousness. It is the I am that is behind the I am the specific uh, persona. And so like the soul is always fine, but like the human, which is like the video game character, like the, my mom hates the sword, but like the avatar, like going through the, the game, which is like the dream, which is the illusion, which um, the, some cultures called the Maya, which, you know, some people call the matrix, whatever, like this reality is what the human is, what it is the human experience and it is what like the human self goes through but then the soul is completely unperturbed and so it's it's just it's so it's so beautiful and it's so sacred and it's light and it gets to be and then and then i was just like sitting in that space of presence and of considering the sacred and and then i i like i wrote down the most sacred joke that you should ever be afraid and, you know, because it's, oh, God, like, how do I even explain this? But it's like, it's a joke. And so, okay, so a while ago, I wrote this little poem on my Instagram that I shared. And it was, oh, my God, I hope I can remember it off the top of my head. But it was like, um, this world is a playground designed by an old version, by an older version of yourself even the concept of death is uh, laughable. I think that was the poem. Um, and then it was titled Lucidity. And so like in those moments of lucidity, when I'm like sitting with the fact that the soul is eternal, the soul is consciousness itself, the soul is the observer that observes everything into being, that collapses all of the energy into particulate matter, um, the soul is like the one that, because it is observing matter into particulates, it is constructing the playground. It is constructing the very, not even the concept, but like the very experience of earth, of planets, of space and time, of like the, because, you know, like Kant wrote in his, um, in his stuff, he wrote about how, um, space and time are frameworks of the human brain. And so like, even we can think about how like, you know, I'm like, you know, <laughs> which like a lot of you do. So um, uh, other beings on this very planet don't experience time and space the way that we do. Like we can just even think about how, you know, dogs, well, what's going on with dogs? You know, like, you don't know. I don't know. But it's different than what you and I are doing because dogs aren't thinking about time the way that we do. You know, dogs aren't like, oh, my God, it's time for this or that. Oh, my God, I'm late for this or that. <laughs> and also, like, even the construct of linear time was imposed on us by, mm, okay, let me not get into that. But I'm just saying, like, Native Americans in this country, you know, on this continent, I should say, we're not doing linear time the way that we do linear time now. And why are there clocks everywhere? Because we all have to, 
you know, we don't have to, but because we've all agreed by the social construct to engage in linear time under the assumption that that is best for everyone. But anyway, I'm getting off track. The point is <laughs> that space and time are constructs of the mind and that the experience, the human experience, is something that the observer, the great observer, the grand observer, the, the soul, the soul, you know, the, oh God, I don't know if y'all have seen that, that image about like the soul and then the soul groups and how like consciousness divides itself further and further into individual experiences. But, you know, and we talk about, what was it? Am I getting, am I going to get this wrong? But what was it? I'm, I'm trying to find the particular word that there's like the, the oversoul. <laughs> Sorry, that reminded me of Oprah. That's why I giggled. Um, but no, like the oversoul, which is like the, dang it. Because in, in this book, what was it? Is it Siddhartha? In the book Siddhartha, like they talk about like aiming the arrow of Atman, which is the self, into... Um, it, I think into Brahman is what it is, which is like the the one, you know, God, the observer, the whatever that is like. And so I was like an older version of yourself just because, I mean, in actuality, it exists outside of time and space. But in the poem, I was like this, you know, like basically like this entire experience is constructed and it's seen and it's looked over by this consciousness like this. And it's not like consciousness, again, not anthropomorphic, not having the characteristics of a person because the person is within the construct. So that doesn't even make sense that the construct of the observer would be the person or have the characteristics thereof because that's inverting the hierarchy there, which actually, okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> my point is that the whole human experience is happening and the soul is totally unperturbed through it and the observer is constructing the human experience itself. And so people are like, oh my God, I'm so afraid to die. I have never understood why people are afraid of death. I really have not. As a child, I genuinely thought it was a joke that people were afraid of death. I was like, why are they doing this? I was like, this is so silly. I thought that people were just like, like it was just a joke. Like I, I, I was just like, because I didn't understand that someone could be afraid of death. Because I'm like, what's so, what's scary about it? I don't, I don't understand. And again, it's like, your soul is inter eternal. You know, like your soul is fine. Like consciousness is going to keep being consciousness. You're just not going to be inside of a body as, like you're not going to be in this experience. But you're still going to be consciousness. And then it's like, maybe you're not going to be completely like, individualized anymore as you but then again I've never felt that individual it's it's interesting because like I've always been told that I march to the beat of my own drum and all that stuff and I very much do like do my own thing but that's not because I feel separate from everyone like I just choose to have my own experience but I still feel like everything is so connected at all times. Like I've never felt like I, that's why lying has always been so weird to me because I'm just like, don't we all know what's going on? 
Like, I'm like, what am I hiding from? It's all known. And that's like another thing that I was shown when I was looking at that picture of myself where I was like, oh, I'm here to be myself. I was like looking at that little girl and her gaze, like, wow. Just like this picture of myself, like sitting on a chair and just like looking. And I was like, dang, no wonder people were like, she's looking into my soul because like my eyes were just like looking. And they weren't just looking, they were knowing. They weren't just observing, they were knowing. And people were like, holy shit, I'm known, you know? And I think that's what made them uncomfortable. But anyway, like I wrote down here, I was like, what's my purpose? In this exercise, we were like asking this picture, these childhood pictures of ourselves, what is our purpose? Um, and then I wrote down, I'm here to be myself, to show them what they already know, that, they, that we are all free and that we are all known, that we are, that is that there is nowhere to go and nothing to fear. We may simply have and be. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, that's, that's it. Like, we're free and we're known. And so that's why, I, as a child, I was like, lying is so weird because everything is known, you know? And people talk about how, like, God is omnipresent and, like, all-knowing. And I was like, yeah. So, like, why would I tell my mom that I had cereal when I didn't have cereal yet? When she's asking me if I had dinner, you know? Why? It's all known. It's already known that I didn't have cereal. So why would I... Like, I was just like, this is dumb. Like, lying is dumb. And so, anyway. And then I grew up. And then I was introduced to... Like, I I didn't grow into being, like, normal. (laughs) More normal, I guess which is like being mired in separation and fear and all of that stuff that people consider normal, which is actually being like out of sync with what is normal, which is being a human being that knows that it is known and free and therefore completely safe and abundant and like well. People think that like being unwell is being normal, but whatever. Anyway, yeah, then I learned about that stuff like late into my teens and that's when I was like oh yeah I did this when I didn't do it because I I, uh, yeah because I learned that other people didn't actually know if I did it like I thought we all knew stuff I was like don't we all know stuff no turns out no but anyway or it turns out they do but like they decide not to know which is so weird again but anyway Anyway, back to the the thing about the most sacred joke that you should ever be afraid because like a fear is a construct inside of the human experience, but we're not only in the human experience. Like we are experiencing being human, but we are multidimensional. Like we, like we have the ability to meditate like we have the ability to like look into the past we have the ability to look into the future we have the ability to you know and I guess maybe like some people haven't done this but like a lot of people like the people that I talk to like everyone's had like past life regressions you know future memories you know like we're like everyone's getting into like manifesting now and all that stuff but it's like once you get the fun part of that, then you're like, okay, am I manifesting from ego? That's not going to fulfill me. That's just going to be, what is it that one of my people calls it? They're like, it's not about manifesting um, your best dream life or something like that. Like, 
because again, like the dream, the Maya, the matrix, the illusion, whatever, the physical world, it's not that it isn't re- it's not that it isn't real. It's that it's not all that is. And then when you, and oh my God, I've been there, you know, again, I was a material reductionist. Like I believed that matter was the only thing that existed. So like a hundred percent been there. I totally get it. I know why it's appealing. I like studied objectivism, the philosophy of objectivism, the axiomatic principle of that philosophy is that matter precedes consciousness, like the primacy of matter. So like a hundred percent been there. But like, again, I've been there. And so like, (laughs) I know what it's about and I know where it gets you. And like, I know what it feels like to live from those axioms, to live from that philosophy of experience and of life and of the world and the universe and whatever. So now like I've flipped the switch, not even because (laughs) it's, it's like, I really do live in this like weird, like I I do try as much as possible to embrace neutrality, um, but also, like, I just, like, allow. I live in, like, this state of allowance where I'm just, like, I don't have to choose A or B. You know, people, take the red pill or the blue pill, you know, like, this or that, um, what is it, political party, this or that, whatever, decision. And I'm just, like, yeah, I get to live in the gray space because... I'm not only here, you know, like I go into meditation every day and I go into different places. Like people who go into meditation, you're, it's like people who do acid, right? It's like doing acid, but like everyday micro dosing. <laughs> um, when you meditate and go into not just theta brain states, but into gamma brain states, like you go places and you experience things and you move beyond space time, you know? And so like once you do that and then do it regularly, you're just like, I don't have to play in this game anymore. And I'm not like stuck in this game anymore because you can see that it, like, you can see from a different vantage point what it is. And so that's why it's like like you're fine here like on this material realm you like we're safe we're fine and i understand that it doesn't feel that way a lot of the time i grew up undocumented i didn't feel safe a lot of the time you know like it was scary to be around like certain situations and da 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 not because it was scary in and of itself even but because i was told that i was meant to be afraid and because i could feel that the people who were around me whom i was supposed to rely on to attune me emotionally by the way emotional attunement is a huge amazing thing that maybe you would like to read about i don't know you i don't know your life i don't know if you like to read about things but when I read about emotional attunement, I was like, ooh, that's an important concept for my experience. And so the people that I relied on to emotionally attune me to safety and to well-being were themselves in so much fear because we were undocumented, because there wasn't enough money to pay the bills, because a lot of things, you know? And so I get it. I'm not saying that it's easy I'm saying that the soul is safe. I'm saying that regardless of what is going on around, we have this incredible capacity to feel well. 
And like, that's a huge responsibility that a lot of people are like, no, I don't. I can't feel well because da, 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 da. And then you get the laundry list of things and I'm like, okay, fine. Then you don't get to feel well. That's your choice. I'm not going to fight you on it. Like, it's fine if you think you don't get to feel well. I know that I do and I know that you do and I don't need you to know it for me to know it, you know? (laughs) But anyway, you know, that's why it's like, it's a sacred joke that you should be afraid because it's like, it's so, it's like this huge, I don't know how to, it's like compassionate. It's a joke. It's a joke because you don't have to be afraid because (laughs) like, it's, it's so funny. Like everything's actually fine. And like, I know I'm not supposed to say that. And that's why I'm kind of whispering it because global warming and this thing and that thing and the end of the world is coming and da, 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 you know, like I get it. I get it. Everything is shit, but actually it's not actually like, and maybe this is because I read so much stoic philosophy growing up, but like, this is what I loved about stoic philosophy. Um, I did not have a lot of friends in high school. Surprise, surprise. I had, like, always friends, but we weren't close. And then I, I was close with that one person that I mentioned in the other um, episode. But anyway, I didn't have anyone that I was, like, close to or could talk about philosophy with until that other person. But that's why um, I would read, especially Epictetus, his his philosophy. He's a stoic. And he was the homie, like Epictetus is the homie forever and ever. Um, And he would write about how philosophy is about preparing for the worst case scenario, basically. It's about preparing yourself for torture. Like, because, and I have been in very difficult situations. I've never been physically tortured, but I have been in very, very difficult situations. And this is what like philosophy is about. It's about being able to be in those situations and then not falling apart in them, you know, not giving up, not giving in to the the horror. (laughs) Sorry, I'm thinking about that one book, Heart of Darkness, the horror. But, you know, it's like not giving into that and just being like, yeah, you can take my arm and what? You know, like you can put me in a prison cell and what? Like what you can't take away from me is my capacity to be at peace. What you can't take away from me is my capacity to feel joy. And I don't care if it's insanity. You can call it insanity to be in a prison cell and to be locked up and to be in the worst situation possible and to be happy. You know what? I know people who are so poor, so poor, that most people would be like, oh my God, this is horrible. I don't have running water. These people are happy. Okay. So maybe the people who are insane are the people who have physical, their physical needs met and are like, oh my God, I can't breathe. I'm having a panic attack. And like, I'm not saying that it doesn't suck to have a panic attack. It is horrible. Absolutely. Oh my God. Totally. I'm just saying that it's really weird for everyone to be like, this is being a normal human being. And that's not like, no, I don't know. I get it. I'm weird. I'm different. But like, I read these philosophers and these people who were just like, yeah, you can like, you know, the emperor can go ahead and like threaten to exile me. But like, are you going to take away my ability to be at peace? Nope. Like you can cut off my limbs 
Are you going to take away my ability to be at peace? Are you going to take away my ability to be happy? No, you can take my life. And then so what? Then I'm not alive. Big deal, you know? And so that's what I grew up reading. That's what I would read for fun in high school. So maybe that's why I'm like this. But I'm just like, it's so funny to be afraid. Because like being afraid is, first of all, you're projecting into the future. Or you are reliving something in your past. And then if there's like a real actual like lion in front of you, okay, then you can get out of that situation. But then you'll be out of that situation or you'll be dead. You know, it'll be one or the other. And then it's just like, you, it's, it just is what it is. Like you don't have to be afraid of it. You can, you can be in pain if the lion bit your arm off, you know, totally. You can be in pain. It's like heartbreak. I was in heartbreak. I was in intense heartbreak for a minute. But I wasn't like, oh my God, what if it happens again? Oh my God. And then like now I'm not like, oh my God, um, I remember how much that hurt and da, 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 you know, like, no, I'm just like, that was gorgeous. That was a beautiful, deeply moving, super painful experience. I'm not explaining myself well, but what, like, but then again, that's why it's sacred, the joke of it. Because it is so easy to feel fear. And it is so easy. And that's, that's what's sacred. Because you, like, you are fucking consciousness. You are consciousness having a human experience. And you're afraid of your bills. You are consciousness having a human experience. And you're afraid that you might end up homeless. Your consciousness, having a human experience, you're alive right now and you're afraid that you might die. That is incredible. That's sacred and it's so beautiful. That's, that's fucking gorgeous to me. Like it is gorgeous that you're afraid. It's a joke, but it's sacred. I don't know. I'm not explaining myself well. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's a sacred joke that you should ever be afraid because again... <laughs> it's you're you're incredible like i don't think we think about like what how incredible it is to be a human being a human being consciousness self-referential consciousness i was thinking about this last night i was like holy fuck self-referential consciousness like a bird isn't going around like i'm a bird no a flower isn't like i'm a flower a cloud isn't like i'm humans are the only ones who are like holy shit I'm a human being. Holy shit. I'm having a human experience. We have a whole field about it called philosophy where people are just like, holy shit, what are we doing? What is a chair? What does a chair want? Aristotle talking about telos. But you know, like we are human beings and we have consciousness. Everything is consciousness, but we have the ability to, it's like looking in a mirror and I don't know if anybody read this book, Godel Escher Bach, and then he followed it up with I Am a Loop. I Am a Strange Loop, I should say, is the title of the other book, which is a shorter version of GEB, Godel Escher Bach. This was written by Dr. Leonard Hofstadter. I remember his name because it's also the name of that funny guy in The Big Bang Theory. But anyway, um, yeah, Leonard Hofstadter, Dr. Leonard Hofstadter. Oh my God, I got to hear him talk at my university once. He came to talk about poetry and translating poetry and the beauty of constraints and doing so. He's like 
doing Italian poetry. So fucking cool. Love him. Ah, I was freaking out in the audience. No one went with me because none of my friends gave a shit. Again, those weren't really friends. But anyway, love him. And in his book, he talks about, like, from three different perspectives, Godel, incompleteness theorem, mathematics, Escher, and Bach, um, uh, art and well, everything is art, but uh, visual art and music, you know, because obviously Bach was a fucking, all of them were geniuses. Honestly, everyone is a genius. You are a fucking genius. And you being afraid of, you know, Sunday scaries and what's going to happen Monday, genius, genius, fucking genius. You being unsure about whether that shirt matches those pants, fucking genius. But anyway, I'm, I'm constantly in awe of people. Um, because you're like, again, self-referential consciousness. Like, who else does that? Do you think that a, cater- a caterpillar is going around like, oh my God, is my wing going to match my other wing once I turn into a butterfly? Oh my God, I'm not sure. No, but you're going around like, oh my God, when I buy that top, is it going to match that other thing that I bought two days ago? Like, that's amazing. That's fucking incredible that you're doing that. The fact that you're listening to this, even after all of my rambling, incredible. (laughs) No, but for real, like self-referential consciousness, like a mirror looking back at itself, that eternal feedback loop, the incompleteness of it, because when will you ever get to the core? There is no core. Because the core is not only internal, but also external. That's why when you go into deep, deep, deep meditation, you can go out into the cosmos. Like, it's incredible. And then people are trying to figure out how to get, like, into space. It's just so funny. Because I'm just like, how about you go into yourself first? But, okay. That's me. That's me getting upset for nothing. (laughs) But, yeah. So, you know? your consciousness itself having a human experience and your soul is totally fine and whatever situation that you get into you can find peace in it you absolutely can and what's really incredible is all of the research that has been done about how when you get into meditative states not only do your right and left hemispheres of your brain synchronize like not only does that incredibly stimulate your immune system not only does it have all of these benefits like your telomeres can lengthen from meditation you know so you literally get younger um you literally give yourself years of your life back like there's all of these benefits to meditation and that's just regular meditation but like you know once you get into like really deep meditation like not only like the way that you get to know yourself is like to know what you are, you know, because like who you are is totally fine. Who you are is something that you're constructing all of the time, you know, like we're always creating ourselves, but then like what you are, self-referential consciousness, like getting to actually know what that is and not just read it from a book and be like, oh yeah, I'm consciousness that is aware of itself. Like, no, but like actually experiencing it, like what that is, it's incredible. And then you're just like, oh my God, I was afraid of that thing. And like once, once you're able to like get to a place where you're able to like fuck with matter, that's so fun. And like that might sound super out there, but like there are people doing this and I've done it. And it's really, really comforting to me that there are other people who have done it and talk about it on their podcast. So I'm like, okay, it's safe. <laughs> it's safe. Okay. I'm not the only one who's out here being super weird. But it's not even being weird. It's just being human. Like, that's actually what's so incredible, that, like, we are human beings. And I look out, 
and I just like look into the world and I'm like, we all created this and we created this without really being aware of what we are. So like as people become aware of what they are and are aware that we are creating this at every moment, like, yeah, I create my own life, but also collectively with the collective beliefs that we hold, we create (laughs) societies and the world. Like it's so fucking incredible. And like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But yeah, that's why it's like funny again. Like it's funny that you should be afraid because you can find peace in any experience that you're having. And then if you get really into it, you're like, I can not only find peace in the experience that I'm having, which was figured out BC, okay? Like these philosophers were talking about this and telling people about this and getting hung about hanged, right? The right past tense. Philosophers were getting hanged for telling people that they could be at peace regardless of the situations in their life, like thousands and thousands of years ago. And like now we've gotten to the point where people are showing other people through different experiences and like these retreats and this meditations and these groups where they're like, yeah, you can not only find peace in any experience that you're having, but you can actually change any experience that you're having. I don't care if you have stage four cancer, you can change that. And people do. And there is data to back it up. So you know, it's really fucking cool. And it's also just silly that anyone should be afraid of anything because it's, it's funny. It's funny. Cause like what you are is beyond you contain the fear, you contain the joy, you contain the anxiety, you contain the peace. You are greater than it in moments. Absolutely. It feels like it's greater than you, but that's impossible because you're actually the one experiencing it. And you actually have this incredible, like, not control over yourself but this like self what's the word mastery I'm thinking about like um self-determination and then I think about black star but anyway like you have like this ability to create you can create you can create yourself and you can modify your experiences and so it's just again it's really funny that anyone should be afraid of anything it's like it's a cosmic joke and it's sacred because you're doing it like that's what's it's fucking incredible that you're doing anything at all like it's incredible that you go to the bathroom sorry to talk about that on a podcast you probably didn't want that brought into your consciousness but it's incredible like if you actually stop to think about it like i'm breathing right now wow wow okay i'm done The most sacred joke that you should ever be afraid. Possibly over-explained it, possibly didn't explain it at all, but I had a good time. So thanks for listening. Have a day. Goodbye.